Okay, this, uh, my name is Rick Leaf. I'm the chair of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. This open meeting of the Master Plan Implementation Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 22 of the Acts of 2022, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency, signed into law on July 6, 2016, 2022. All members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The Act allows the Master Plan Implementation Committee to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. I'll now uh, take attendance. Uh, Julianne Hirsch. Here. Amy Paretsky. Here. Millie Milton. Here. Ashley Davies. Here. Tracy Camerano. Here. Adrian Cost, William Peterson, Rand Baxter, here. Jean Kennedy, here. Jean Cahill, here. Rick Leaf is here. John Campbell informed us he's traveling. Dario Demar, here. Yeah, good attendance tonight. Okay. Um, well, the main purpose of tonight's meeting is to get a further update as to uh, where we stand with progress on the uh, downtown revitalization strategy and design report. We have Jonathan Law here from Weston and Sampson, our project managers. Anyone else here with you tonight, Jonathan? I'm here all by myself, Rick. Oh, yeah, I forgot also uh, to include uh, Laurie Connors. Uh, forget to call your name, Laurie, but... Lori is here also on representing staff. Anyone else from the staff here, Lori? No, just me. Okay, that being said, I'll turn the meeting over to Jonathan and we'll go through the uh, updates on current progress with the uh, downtown study. Go ahead, Jonathan. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm trying to share my screen here and it's... You should be all set. Staying not responding for some reason. Let me try again. Here we go. See my screen? It's saying, ah, yeah. see you now. Uh, so tonight, um, we're going to go over, I guess, the main focus will be um, what we heard um, at the first community meeting, which I think if you attended, you would have realized it was a great success. And that, that's my opinion. I think talking to Rick and Laurie afterwards, they were very happy with how it went. Um, and then also give a, a brief update on the first, uh, the, the business owner meeting. So there's quite a few slides tonight, so I will um, stop chibber jabbing and get going. So project schedule, update since last meeting. We have an uh, update on the traffic counts. As I mentioned, we'll give an overview of public meeting number one, overview of the business owners meeting. 
Then we have some initial redevelopment opportunity idea slides. And then finally, as always, we'll finish with next steps. So here we are on the project schedule, uh, middle of February, if you can believe that, it's kind of crazy. Um, so we've, we've had a bunch of milestones um, and we continue to uh, move the project forward um, with the schedule as presented. So, as I mentioned, for those who won at the community meeting, I thought it was a really great success. Um, we had probably 70 to 80 people. Um, some didn't sign in, some signed in as one person when two people attended. Um, so it, it was very positively um, attended by people in town and that that's a great uh, showing to, to say that people want to make downtown better not just for them, but for you know future generations. We got lots of great feedback. Um, I think the, the, um, the sticker uh, idea that we came up with and that people portrayed their ideas with was very successful. It was a simple method of getting their ideas without too much stress, without drawing, without writing anything down, although some people did. Um, so we, we were really happy with how that turned out. Um, the business owners meeting, about 12 people attended. Um, overall, again, business owners are invested, interested in, in invigorating downtown. And they went over some opportunities and challenges of owning a business downtown. Traffic counts were completed, but unfortunately, some of the data was incorrect. So they have to go back out there this weekend um, and complete or, or do some more studies for certain uh, areas. Um, so I think we're still a couple of weeks out from getting that information. Um, and as you know, that information is critical. Can we so just, just if, go, Jonathan, for a minute, just go back to the project plan. This one? The one I know, the one, the, uh, the, the, oh, the uh, schedule. The, yeah, the schedule, I'm sorry. Yeah. So at the the preparation meeting, we always hold a preparation meeting uh, the Monday before this meeting. We got talking about, you know, how this uh, having to wait for the traffic data later than we expected affects the timeline of the project. You can see next to that red line in the middle there where it talks about conceptual design submissions, development scenario submissions. There was supposed to be some of that uh, work done and fed back to us by the end of February, but a lot of that work is dependent on understanding what the possibilities with Route 20 are, and that won't be clear until the traffic data is complete and uh, Weston Sampson can meet with the Department of Transportation and get a clearer idea as to what they could be willing to support as far as any kind of reconfiguration of Route 20 through the center of town. So those two tasks are going to move out uh, further in the schedule than planned. Um, we were talking about sort of what kind of delay do we think we're going to have in the schedule right now because of the delay in traffic data. And, you know, we were talking about at least a couple of weeks worth of delay, although Jonathan mentioned that some of this time could be made up. But I think we just need to be aware that we are going to fall a little bit behind um, on the schedule because of the lack of traffic data, which then once I said, uh, as I said, limits our ability to get some information back from Mass Department of Transportation which is important to understand what can be done with Route 20, which is a fairly critical decision factor as to what the whole new downtown might look like. So I just want to make sure people are aware of that before we move on. I just want to see if there are any questions or comments about 
where we stand with the current schedule and the fact that we've got at least some sort of a delay in front of us right now. Any questions about that before we move on? I have a question. Sure. Um, so uh, the you're doing a, um, Jonathan, you're doing a traffic count. Does a traffic count include a speed study? So we're not actually doing the counts. The town retained their own uh, consultant to do that um, part of the project. Um, counts typically do not, unless you ask for it, include speed data. Um, counts are just to count intersection um, maneuvers, turning maneuvers, um, and things of that nature. Unless you specifically ask for speed, that's not part of the, of the count. Plus the speed doesn't help uh, to determine whether you need less or more lanes in a in a you know in a street environment. It you know speed has got nothing to do with it. So the, it's the volume of traffic that these counts basically um, undertake. Yes, Julie, and I we engage we engage CMRPC to do the traffic counts for us. They're the ones that came back to us and told us that they had their cameras were set up to capture the data on the wrong days and certain wrong wrong times in certain places. So they're the ones that are right now redoing the counts for us. Hmm. And, and they're using cameras uh, for the counts because of the time of year. So of course we've had an unseasonably warm weather, um, but typically uh, the, the wires that you see taped to roads, that's the typical way to do the traffic counts. But at this time of year, they use cameras. So they're definitely not keeping track of the speed limit. It's just the number, the volume and the turning turning movements at four intersections. Any other questions about the schedule before we move on? Once again, just need to be aware right now that we are slightly behind and until we get the traffic data and meet with DOT. Um, uh, it's going to be hard to tell exactly where we'll be in terms of the final completion date for the project. It's not a huge delay, but uh, the traffic counts are integral to getting some sort of information back from the state as to what we can do with Route 20. Yeah, and, and, and once we get those counts, it's approximately two weeks for our transportation engineers to analyze that data. And then we have to reach out to MassDOT um, and, you know, we're hoping that some of the relationships they have can help speed that process along. But as I'm sure you're aware, with a government agency or a state agency, um, you're kind of at their, their beck and call. So, but we'll we'll speed that up as much as we can. And is but, it at three intersections or four? How many fingers did you hold up, Lori? Four. four. What what are they? Can you I have Maine and Church, Maine and South, Maine and Hudson. What was the other one? Uh, yep. So we have Maine and Church. We have, and just bear with me, I'm going through my emails here. Hudson and South Street. Um, West Maine and Hudson Street. And uh, I already, uh, let's see. 
Do you remember the fourth one, Jonathan? I don't. I'd have to go back through my notes like you're doing. I thought it was three, but that's why I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, West Main and Hudson, West Main and South, West Main, oh, or Main and Church. And I thought there was one other one. It doesn't matter. I mean, I guess I thought there was only three, but maybe there's four. But again, it's much better to um, you know wait until we have the right information than than move things along with mm. incorrect or incomplete data um, because obviously that does no one any good. Right. <clears throat> Rick, can I ask a follow up question? Sure. So, uh, are is it my understanding then that Mass DOT doesn't care if um, drivers are speeding through town, the, the speed doesn't matter to them at all. It's just the number in the turning radiuses or radii. Yeah, the, um, the whole point of, of um, completing tasks like this, like I said, is, to, is for towns and municipalities to figure out traffic volumes that go through certain roads or downtown areas to figure out whether traffic calming measures can be incorporated. So by that, I mean reducing travel lanes or taking out turn lanes and things of that nature. The, the speed has got nothing to do with maneuverability through towns and, and roadways. Although speeding is obviously not what people want to see, but it, it doesn't help with this type of study. I see, okay, thanks. I have another quick question. It probably doesn't break down cars from trucks either, does it? Just the numbers doesn't matter. It could. Uh, I'm not sure uh, whether they are doing that as part of the analysis, but it's based on camera footage. So I would imagine that they would be able to identify trucks versus cars. I, I'd have to look at the scope of work to, to see if that's what we asked them to do. Um, it was based on the original scope of work that Weston and Sanson had provided to us. Um, so I'm not sure, Jonathan, if you remember you included that or not. I don't, I don't recall. But, but that can be part of the, the counts. Um, that's something that can, can be done because sometimes counts are done physically. People just sit out in the street and count vehicles coming by. So it, it, you can have that breakdown. It's just a question of whether that's warranted or not. Is that, Jonathan, something that would be helpful to know in determining, you know, whether it makes sense to work in a, a, a sort of a pass around or, you know, a workaround around the downtown in our plans? Obviously that's, you know, a big vision, but if we're yeah, all thinking I, about working around the, you know, for trucks to get to the highway. Yeah. So, I mean, based on conversations I've had with people who live in town, um, I get the, the, the idea that it's not just trucks that are taking a cut through downtown. It's a lot of, you know, cars that are going to different areas and trying to connect to other highways. Um, so I'm not sure whether, 
just knowing how many trucks come through downtown is is that valuable for this exercise because okay. yeah, it could be it could be five trucks right that are going to another you know cutting through town but it could be 50 cars so um yep i don't know if that breakdown is is absolutely um essential that makes sense thank you any other questions or comments about this before we move on okay why don't you pick up where you were jonathan so uh, just a few photographs from the night. Like I said, it was uh, it was a great night, and um, yeah, people seemed to be really engaged and enjoying themselves. We got lots of great feedback. Um, these were the boards at the end of the night. Um, you know, lots of stickers used, lots of handwritten notes um, for the four study areas that we you know we um, laid out. So we had two maps of each area. Um, just lots of great feedback. These were the, the image boards that we, we placed out. And again, as you can see, lots of feedback on what people want to see here. Um, you know, these images were very beneficial for people to understand. And they, these were cross-referenced with the stickers so they could look at the board um, and then relate that to the sticker and, and to see what they wanted to place in certain you know, locations of each study area. So again, this was a great exercise. So <clears throat> when we did the analysis of the stickers and what people wrote in study area one, most people, again, and, it, and what was finding here is that it's very similar to what was um, divulged in the online survey. So again, people want bars, outdoor dining, um, parking lots, restaurants, multifamily housing. Um, Colebrook Stream, underutilized area, if you want to see bars along there. Um, other takeaways, burying underground utilities, which in an ideal world is, is, is great, but uh, everybody knows that's very expensive to do, but you know, we're, we're at a master planning effort here. So um, improved downtown character through sidewalk and aesthetic improvements and improving church West, West Main Street intersection. Then study area two, Again, uh, parking was a, a big thing, food trucks, outdoor dining, restaurants, green infrastructure, improved lighting. Other takeaways, concerns with the aesthetics in this area, sidewalks, granite curbing, nice and looking architecture, street trees, lights, improved sidewalks, they're disconnected and inconsistent, and empty buildings in this area can be repurposed. Study area three, most interest overall in restaurants, again, closed pedestrian streets, bars and breweries, outdoor dining, art, car charging, and municipal parking lots. Need for parking lots off Main Street and other takeaways, desire to improve aesthetics of downtown, need for improved sidewalks, improved traffic, traffic flow. And then study area four, most interesting overall in trails, flexible gathering space, mixed use housing, pocket parks, make Assabet River an amenity and better connection to the downtown area. So again, very consistent with what we saw uh, in the online survey. Just for a then second, Jonathan, if you go back to that one for a second. Yep. So just to reset for everybody. So study area one was the west part of the downtown, kind of down by Church Street on the, on the north side um, of, of Main Street in that general area kind of where church comes in and 
Pierce feeds into church. So it's the north side of Route 20 and more on the west side of what we're considering the downtown was study area one. And then study area two was that that was basically on the opposite side of the main that street. Was the, that was on the south side of, of West Main Street, <laughs> sort of in the central part of downtown. Study area three was kind of Blake Street, Pierce Street, that whole section in the center of town on the north side of the road. And then study area four was heading east of town down towards the river. So from Hudson Street kind of down. So the study area sort of incorporated either the north side or the south side of Main Street and then either west, central, or east of the center of town. Just to position again. We had some questions about that. I think when we uh, revisit this with another community meeting, we need to at the very beginning, I think, be a little bit clearer as to where the study areas are located. We got a lot of questions about that at the beginning of the uh, community forum. So let's remind ourselves we do do a next community meeting to be clear on where the study areas were for everybody. Okay. So then when we analyze the, the stickers on the image boards, again, general interest in parking, both on and off street and pedestrian streets, lots of interest in closing off streets for pedestrian access only, paved plazas with planting and movable furniture, Complete streets, sidewalks, green infrastructure, um, community preferred traditional site features like traditional benches and lighting to the, as opposed to more contem contemporary. Interest for bike lanes on both uh, streets and, and um, food. Lots of interest in temporary events like outdoor farmers markets and food trucks, um, outdoor dining and restaurants, housing. The preference was for adaptive reuse. So uh, um, as I explained on that night, that's taking an existing building like the old town hall, for example, and turning that into, um, uh, you know, condos or apartments. Traditional architecture was also preferred. Green open space, green open lawns and uh, intimate garden type pocket parks. Lots of interest in trails along the Acerbet. Um Fountains with some interest. Apparently there's one existing fountain that is out of service. And outdoor fitness and wayne findings seemed less important to people. So uh, last week, uh, RKG hosted the business owners meeting. Um, they, they couldn't be here tonight at the conflict. Um, but this was a, uh, a great meeting as well. Um, as I said, we had about a dozen people turn up, including Millie. Um, so um, there was lots of great feedback from this meeting. Um, just briefly go over GPS routes um, seem to increase uh, downtown traffic, makes uh, Main Street a cut through. Can signage be improved for businesses specifically? Apparently North has a strict signage rules, color size that does not benefit businesses. Um, not enough wayfinding, cars go by fast, <coughs> excuse me, easy to miss turns like the library. Um, I did that myself. Uh, and not appropriate, appropriately placed parking. And if there is parking, people do not wear it, know where it is. There's some off Pearson Blake that people seem to be unaware of. Biggest challenges and opportunities for downtown. Not a good mix of business or business diversity. No reason to come downtown. Lack of awareness of what businesses are downtown. There's no continuous look, mostly single stories. Doesn't look inviting. 
walkability and safety a real issue, no continuous sidewalks, um, pedestrian crossing signals don't work or take too long, lack of trees on sidewalks, there needs to be a reason for people to want to walk somewhere, no bike lanes, opportunities. Old Town Hall has lots of opportunities for business to fill in, could be a hub of activity, currently only one dentist in there and he showed up to this meeting. Residents do support local business, and this is a financially stable, well-off town. There are cool community assets like the Aqueduct, Assabet River waterfalls. These need to be made into destinations. Trinity Church has a large, largely unused parking lot and space that has potential. Opinion about the business mix or business diversity in downtown. Too many gas stations and auto repair shops. I think we all know that. Um, more places where people can gather, restaurants, bars, and entertainment. Again, that comes up every time. Bookstore, coffee shops, community center, performance venue, and a general store with New England random things, Northborough swag. If you could change one thing about downtown, what would you change and why? Street trees, building appearance, very utility lines, parking, more special events like Apple Fest. So, um, we had a meeting with RKG um, earlier this week, and we, we came up with um, what we think is a good basis for the four study areas that we, we looked at. Um, and this is based on, again, feedback received from the, the business owners meeting and also the first community meeting and where people placed stickers and wants and needs. So we're thinking that... Um, sort of kind of West Main Street and church, that could be shopping and services um, across the southern side of the street, commercial and mixed use development. Then in the center around Blake Street uh, and the old uh, fire station, you know, that could be the entertainment, dining and residential hub. And then over um, by the Acibet, that could be riverfront residential and mixed use. So if I just quickly go over those four areas. So Riverfront Residential Misuse District, create a signature downtown Riverwalk amenity, acquire and relocate Harvey, allow higher value downtown living with some limited commercial and dining. The entertainment and dining residential districts acquire all properties between Blake and Pierce, not including CVS, for large redevelopment with a focus on new entertainment, dining and residential development for West Main Street to be new town hall or retail restaurants and office. The commercial mixed use district, district re-establish Main Street frontage by pulling building facades closer to the street, encourage complete redevelopment, must allow greater density to incentivize. Residential is key component. Shopping services district, gas stations create an obstacle for redevelopment. Their sites will be contaminated and must be remediated. Mobile station on the corner is more valuable than the Sunoco station currently listed for sale. Underground con con contamination could hinder residential at this location. So then um, some other pointers that um, Russ and his team have, yep. Yeah. I just had a quick question. So there's a lot of um, acquire in there. Um, is that generally the route that towns take? Is that the recommended, you know, to acquire these things and then auction them off or not auction them, um, put them out to bid to, to various developers and pick the well, one that, you know, I mean, you, you, there's a few ways which it can be done. Uh, I mean, the, the town could acquire the land and then create ground leases. Um, 
and you know 99 year ground leases then the developers responsible for developing the site and building the structures um and then the town continues to get taxes and then obviously money from the ground lease or the, the town could go into partnership with uh developers and and do it that way or they could um as you mentioned you know come up with funds to purchase uh, lots themselves and try and redevelop it that way so there's a bunch of different scenarios okay thanks so some other uh, points is increased density is needed there's little incentive for private investors to redevelop individual properties without additional density hard to justify acquiring property demolishing buildings and then constructing similar size structures on the site the eco economics don't work so if you're taking down a one-story building, you know, obviously it's much better if there's two or three four-story buildings on there that don't um, dwarf downtown too much. But again, incentivize people and developers to want to, um, you know, rebuild downtown, but at the same time, increasing their profitability. Uh, downtown residential is key. Multifamily residential will be key for a driver for a larger scale redevelopment. There's a strong demand for new residential in Greater Boston. I think we all know people are moving out of the city or they were during the pandemic. And there's just generally a lack of housing in Massachusetts, it appears. Um, this will help to carry non-residential non -residential development cash flow. Space for new downtown businesses must be created. The lack of usable, leasable space constraints future business growth. New space must be created through redevelopment and attract new businesses. Redevelopment is closely tied to traffic and parking improvements. Traffic and parking constraints will be dis disincentive for large redevelopment unless some progress can be made, balance the needs of cars versus pedestrians, bikes, bikers, and others. Owners with multiple properties. Owners with multiple properties may make redevelopment easier because you have fewer people to deal with to impact an area. And this slide shows um, in the sort of the downtown area, the number of parcels that are owned by, uh, the number of people that own two or more parcels. So this is a, a great graphic. This is incorrect because this is where the town common is right now. But So our next steps, um, we need to complete or have the traffic counts completed. And then we analyze that data and coordinate with MassDOT. We're going to continue with the master plan design studies. And then um, Rick, um, Laurie, and myself talked about setting the date for the next public meeting. And uh, the tentative date is March 23rd. So we wanted to get people's feedback on that. So let's just stop here. You know, Jonathan has presented a lot of stuff, a lot of these um, charts and things are the first time any of us, including Laurie and I, have seen some of this. Uh, information as of tonight. So I'll just open up the floor for reactions, comments, questions before we, you know, move on and talk about anything else. So what's on people's minds about this? Good, Amy. Oh, I just have a quick question about the next public meeting. What is going to be presented at that meeting? I think um, the idea was that, correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan, there would be some work done on some initial redevelopment scenarios so the idea would be this is what people told us and here's the first cut of what we think could be done some charts some pictures some ideas of possible redevelopment scenarios 
would be presented at the next meeting to get public feedback about, you know, what do you think about, you know, based on what you said, here are some things we could do. What are, what are these things do you like? Don't you like feedback again? So we need to be far enough down the road so we can actually present some initial design ideas. And and I, again, Amy, it all depends on this traffic information. If if we have that um, fairly soon, you know, we we we're beginning the studies of of a master plan now in in certain areas, but obviously we can't include West Main Street or Main Street within that. Um, so if, if those counts don't come in in a timely manner at that next meeting, we could present some master planning ideas that just would not include West Main Street or Main Street. I wonder if we should bump it out just to get, make sure we have all the information or set the date once we know we have all the information that we need. Yeah, I don't know. I know Jonathan, how comfortable do you feel I guess the question is, Laura, you talked to CMRPC in the last day or so. So they told you they, when did they say they'd have the data ready to be sent to Jonathan? So they said that they recounted the intersection already. Uh, they did both the weekday and the weekend counts and they have videos out to their consultants for processing. So then he said that he was going to mount some additional cameras this weekend uh, to round out the counts. So I imagine we're probably talking maybe two more weeks at the absolute latest. How far in advance of the meeting would you want to get Advertising about the meeting out, Lori. Um, at least two weeks, <clears throat> probably three. Mm. So really that, to Amy's point, we're probably not gonna know, you know, three weeks before the meeting is a week from now, just about. No. No, because that's, now, the, that's, the, that, that's the third week in, in March. Like it'll, just be, it'll just be tight. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be well, right. Two, I mean, I mean maybe we wait till those counts are in and then determine the date of the next meeting. We do that. <laughs> if folks are willing to respond to email with their availability, then we could probably schedule it in between. Um, the next meeting right our next meeting will be March 16th so we're gonna we're gonna need we can't wait till that meeting to decide when to set this one if we think we can do this you know the last week in my maybe March 30th or some other date whatever it's going to be but did know, we, I guess we, did could, we go ahead sorry, go ahead Rick. no I, go was ahead, just, I was just gonna say could we tentatively could we just confirm if everyone is available that date and then and you know we'll readdress it if we have to move it, but at least confirm for that date right now. We do that for for the sixteenth or the the twenty third. The the twenty third. Oh, yeah. Is there anybody here tonight that could not make March twenty third? So it sounds like at least for our availability, that date would work. But 
I guess we can't confirm that tonight. Just need to uh, get a better idea of when we get the traffic data and get a read from Jonathan as to how much longer it's going to take him to be ready. I, I would prefer Jonathan not to have a meeting that doesn't talk about Main Street. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, that's what everybody's going to be yeah. interested in. So if we can't talk about Main Street in right. some level of detail, we shouldn't have the meeting. I agree. And we were talking about having the meeting at the public library instead of the school. It'll probably be um, easier for folks to navigate. Yeah, we could use the big room at the library. Okay, so so for this particular point, let's. I think what we're decided on is that we'll we're available for March twenty third. We need to get a better feel for when the traffic data comes in and get a read from Jonathan as to when he thinks he could be ready, and then through email we can communicate other dates and get confirmation, and finally, you know, have enough lead time for Lori to advertise and get a room kind of thing. So we'll we'll leave March twenty third on here, but it's seeming like based on the timing of traffic data, you know, unless things really happen in a hurry, March 23rd may not be viable, but for now we'll leave it up and we'll decide to move that once we have a better idea of what's going on. Other questions or comments about anything you've heard tonight about, you know, any of this feedback, some of the ideas that uh, the RKG has come up with, you know, they're the market analysis people. So most of the stuff that Jonathan talked about in the last few slides, all came from RKG. They've got quite a bit of experience working in these, you know, downtown design projects from a business and standpoint. Rick, this is Fran. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead, Fran. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two things. One, I mean, just need to make sure that the library would be available, so we may want ourselves in on the twenty third um, before a room is un unavailable. Um, I have to say, I'm really impressed with what they got out of all those stickers and scribblings on those maps because it certainly seemed a lot more chaotic to me than what he just presented. So uh, that was fabulous. And I don't think there are any real surprises. I think it really does. It looks very typical what a downtown would look like. Now we just have to figure out how to make it fit, right? But I think that it, there's no surprises that. Um, what the people had to say and the conclusion from what people, uh, you know, shared. Um, it looks like a, a downtown. Other comments or questions? I just I have a question. To, sorry, I oh. didn't. I can't. I can't find the raised hand on my my screen. Sorry. No, um, good. You could just do it the old-fashioned way, Millie. <laughs> um, on the. Is the format going to be the same where people are putting, you're getting feedback, or is this information to people only? At the next meeting? Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of both. I don't think it's it's going to be uh, like the last meeting where it's just feedback only. It Obviously, I think we've all agreed that this meeting, is, we shouldn't have this meeting without the traffic data and being able to analyze and perhaps redesign part of Main Street. So the goal of this next meeting to me was to come up with an outline master plan that we present to people and we get their thoughts and ideas on that. But it won't be like people look at this section and that section and put stickers here and put ideas and thoughts there? 
No, no. I think the stickers have, have served their purpose. So, like I said, okay. from from that information we gathered, yeah, and I, and, and these. Okay. Let me, let me go back to this. You know, these four districts, we'll call them, will develop master plan for these areas, and then you know perhaps there's. Uh, you know, present imagery to talk about what these districts might look like. And then, you know, the, the beginnings of a master plan um, that we want to get people's feedback on. Okay. The only thing I was going to say is that I know on the last um, setup that some people didn't feel like they had enough stickers in their spot, but they also ended up putting stickers in other places that weren't really in the region of that, that particular study area. So they were a little mistaken about where their stickers should go. So if there's a way to sort of minimize that. Yeah, we printed 60 sets of stickers. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we weren't anticipating that many people showing up, um, mm -hmm. which is a good problem to have. Um, but I, you know, like I said, it, I don't think that that, that problem, you know, through the, the the feedback off because it start it still matches what people put on the online survey. So I think we're still in good shape with what we with the feedback that we received. Mm -hmm. One thing I'd like to have people's input on it. One thing that the March 23rd meeting was good because we'd have a, a if we could do it on March 23rd, um, on the 16th, we have our next scheduled meeting. And one thing that, that we as a committee could get is a preview of what's going to get presented at the community meeting, which I think now we're talking about design concepts. I think we'd want to see that as a committee before it went out to the general public and get some feedback on it and ideas. So if we move, if we have to move the next public meeting beyond the 23rd to some other date, and, and Jonathan's not ready to give us kind of a preview of what these what these you know design scenarios are going to look like. At the 16th, we might want to talk about scheduling an interim MPIC meeting in between the 16th of March and whenever the next community meeting is going to be, just so I think we all get a chance to see what's going to get presented there. I think my feeling would be we ought to see that before it goes out to the general public as do people think that's a good idea? Yes, I do. I do. I do. All right. Then I think we need to be prepared that we may have to have in between our March meeting and our April meeting, if the community meeting falls in between those two, at the March meeting, we'll probably have to find a time to get us all together again to do a review of uh, what's going to get presented. Maybe so we can just bump our meeting to the 23rd if everybody can make it you know if um if he if he isn't ready on the 23rd we could just bump our meeting um, versus having two of them that's a possibility i guess it's going to depend on what else is going on are there other things we need to discuss a month from now so i guess okay another view of this could be you know, Ashley, you and I and Lori and Jonathan can keep track of what's happening. And if we feel that there's nothing particularly critical to talk about on the 16th, and the next critical thing to do is to see the initial design concepts before the public meeting, you know, we could communicate back to the whole committee that we're going to reschedule the 16th meeting to a different date and just do one meeting. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone should just hold the 23rd 
for now anyway, because we may have a public meeting. And if we don't, we may have a MPIC meeting. So that would be, if everyone can just hold it, if possible, that would be, then then we have the flexibility to, to do that if we need to. Mm -hmm. Okay, good idea. Can I ask, oh, go ahead. Yeah, can we get a copy of the slide decks just so we can kind of zoom in on some of the features? It was hard to see all of the legends and details. I can absolutely email that out. That'd be great. Yeah, every presentation is emailed to Rick and Laurie so you can get a back copy of all of them. Well, we're going to put all that information somewhere on the town website where we could access it. Yeah, that's my goal. Unfortunately, I've been so busy lately. I haven't had the time, but um, when I have a free moment, hopefully in another week or two, I will be able to put together a little bit of a narrative and then we can upload uh, all of these uh, slideshows. Great. Okay, I mean, to be honest, uh, these presentations are instructive, but they're very difficult to read. And they really, it's impossible to analyze it because, you know, we go slide to slide and then they sort of go off to another another topic and the data is not available until it's either on a website or somebody emails it to us. Uh, so the more information and the more ways we have to get the information and look at it, uh, the more informative our questions and analysis can be when we're, when questions are asked of us as a committee. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll try and do a better job of in, in advance of the meetings, if we have slide decks like this getting out to you in advance of the meeting. Yeah, perhaps Weston Sampson can just send it to the whole MPIC and then we have it. Uh, yeah, we generally don't get the slide deck until the day of, just so you know. So it would be yeah. a, a last minute transmission. Okay. At least you have it if you want to look at it. Yeah. Okay, we'll try and do that starting with the next meeting. Other comments or questions about anything we've talked about tonight? I, I have a question. Sure. Uh, so my question is about housing and, um, you know, Jonathan mentioned that there's a great need for housing in this in the state. And I hear that statement made a lot by politicians and municipal people. But how 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 is that figured out? Like, how do they um, who who are the people who are making this state statement where where's the data coming from how did they gather the data and then how do, do they help us figure out what kind of housing uh, people moving to northborough would want for example do they want townhomes do they want a tall apartment buildings and how and then beyond that how do you figure out how you know how many units you build without overbuilding or underbuilding I can answer a little bit of that. <clears throat> so um, in pretty much all of the most successful downtown redevelopment schemes include a housing component. Uh, so right now, Northborough Center is very auto dominated. 
And the reason why it's auto-dominated is because um, the town is kind of sprawly. So you don't have uh, services and retail within walking distance to most neighborhoods. So if you want to uh, patronize any of the, the businesses in downtown, you pretty much have to get in your car and you need to drive there. And of course, one of the big challenges for Northborough Center is the fact that there's no public parking or very minimal. And there's also um, no on-street parking. <laughs> and so people are driving to CVS and then they're feeling like they can't leave their car there to go to businesses elsewhere. And so then they're just getting in their car and they're leaving. So if you want a vibrant pedestrian friendly downtown, then you really need to have a density of people who live within a quarter mile. So all of the studies show that people are willing to walk if they only have to walk a quarter mile. If they have to walk half a mile or a mile, then most people are unwilling to do it. So they're gonna get into their car and they're gonna drive. So if the goal for Northborough Center is to create a pedestrian friendly downtown, then you need to have a mass of people who live within that quarter acre, uh, quarter mile. <laughs> Amy? Um when, if we did a house count, if you go to School Street, Summer Street, Wind Street, Park Street, I measured the apartments on School Street, their apartments or condos, they're all within a quarter mile. And I had attended um, a class on economic development in the downtown. And they said, you don't have to have the housing right on the main street. But like you said, within a quarter mile. So we have a lot of housing, but I just don't know if they have the sidewalks or I don't know. I used to live on School Street and I would walk downtown. I actually lived on Church Street too. And I would Yeah, walk I mean downtown. definitely there is housing within a quarter mile. Mm -hmm. Um but you need a mass of housing. So it's not it's so you're if you have a certain mass of housing within your downtown then the people who live within the walking distance those businesses are going to serve those people. So you have um, a ready clientele for the businesses. So you have a dentist office, you have a CVS, you have a pizza shop or whatever. So those people are going to walk downtown. So it's just good to have a combination of like, for example, if you look at Hudson, Hudson has first floor retail, and then they have apartments above. And a lot of the very successful redevelopment efforts, like if you look at inner city Boston, um, you know, I, I lived in Milton, that's where I grew up, uh, right on the red line. And so I would go regularly into Boston in the 1980s. And it was not a very healthy inner city. So one of the ways that Boston transformed is by building a lot of housing downtown. So when you have a lot of housing downtown, then the commercial follows the housing. Amy? My concern would just be to build too much housing and use up all the commercial space. Like, because 
what I find a problem with the downtown right now is I think the lawyers and the accountants are all great, but the majority of the businesses downtown are lawyers, accountants, dentists, or CVS or convenience stores. And those are places where people just go to do their business and then leave. Like, I think some of the problem is what people are seeing. We need more restaurants and shops where people would actually stay yeah, and not just drive and leave. The, 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 the online survey and the information we gathered in the public meeting all says the same thing. Sure, we need more housing, but more than anything, we need to give reason to people a reason to want to go downtown. Right. So if you put all housing downtown, people live there, but there's nothing for them to do. So you have to find that happy medium or that sweet, you know, sweet spot as to how much housing versus, you know, the opportunities that you want to give people to go downtown. I mean, one restaurant or two restaurants in, in downtown, no bars. It's like, you know, I think that people are, you know, like some people said, North Bros a, a fairly affluent town. So people have money to spend, but there's nowhere to spend it or not many places to spend it. So. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the downtowns around, uh, like Westboro, for example, they have first floor retail restaurant space, and then above they have office space and they have apartments. So mixed use is, uh, you know, uh, kind of, I think, the recipe for success. So you, you absolutely want to have commercial, you know, restaurants and the like. Um, but right now we have a majority of single level buildings. So you have a pizza shop, but then you have nothing above it. So now is the opportunity to still have the pizza shop, but then you might have a couple of stories of residential above and the people who live above the pizza shop are then gonna go into the pizza shop. And then the pizza shop is gonna be more successful. So that's the idea. I mean, going back that's... to Julianne's point, I think, you know, it's not necessarily about addressing the housing crisis in the state. It's really about revitalizing the downtown. And probably most people that are interested in moving to Northborough aren't the young people or the much older people who would probably be occupying these spaces. But that's a good thing. You know, maybe we'll get in a different, you know, more variety of residents in town that might be able to patronize the businesses. Uh I, I, you know, I think, you know, it's the town has to work with whoever, you know, wants to come and invest money downtown, because like you said, Laurie, a single story building might need to be replaced by a three or four story building. Um, and if, if rules and regulations don't allow that, then someone's not going to redevelop that space. And then I, I, think, think, I think, Ashley, your comment is, I agree with it, but I'm also seeing more younger people move out to the suburbs because rent in Boston and Cambridge and, and sort of inner city is just crazy. It's three thousand dollars for a one for a studio. You can move out of the city now and buy a house for less than that. So I think people are starting to realize that it actually makes sense in your back pocket to move further out and commute into the city. And you know it's not it's 
with the hybrid work week now, it's not so relevant that you're downtown or close to work all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no inventory in town, but I mean that that I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing. They wouldn't normally be the type of people that would move to Northboro. Maybe they have been the last couple of years, but they would be more likely to occupy those spaces rather than the people who are usually moving here who have children, multiple children, or are planning to have. And I think one of our biggest problems, which we all are acutely aware of is four or five of the most strategic spots in downtown are gas stations. So they're not three stories tall. They're not something you walk to, you know, an auto repair shop. These are all things that you only go to by car. So who the hell wants to live in a downtown where 25% of it is kind of dangerous to walk to and no reason to walk to the gas station. That's all based on the car. If those disappeared and, and you know, and I know it's hard, we can't make them leave, but it's much harder to get this ball rolling when so many of the key spots are kind of occupied by very auto-focused, very um, kind of anti-development with respect to residential and retail, because they're not even one story tall. They're just a piece of concrete with gas pumps on it. And, and that's, Pretty tough for someone to say, oh, I'd love to live in downtown Northboro. Which gas station do you want to live next to? You know, and so that's a big one for us. And, and we're, we all, we're all aware of it, but somehow we got to tackle that one, you know, with, with anything else we can do that is in our control. But that, that's a real toughie for getting started here. Other comments or questions? Yeah, Rick, I just wanted to address the um, contamination issue because granted, you know, I see a lot of monitoring wells. There's definitely some petroleum in the ground around downtown, but that's that's really the obligation to clean it up um, and make it residential use. Um, so I don't think that should be a barrier to considering potential future uses of those properties. Even, even if there is contamination in the ground, we can certainly uh, still do mixed use residential. I mean, just, Bolton is a great example. I mean, it's not residential, but they did buy a gas station downtown. They cleaned all up all the contamination and they made it into a really vibrant community. Um, oh, sorry, a town common, which is where, great. But where was that, Ashley? Bolton. Bolton. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of things on the gas stations that say you can never actually use it for residential. That's one of the tricky, tricky parts with that. Jonathan, have you ever worked with anybody who has revitalized a, a gas station? Okay. I have not. I, I actually do that work, so I can show you examples of former gas stations that are now residential. Yeah, I saw some of those. They're pretty cool when they when they do that. Yeah. Okay. Any other uh, comments or questions? I think it'll be um, interesting to see kind yeah, of what one thought I had. Um, um, you know, now that Jonathan has sort of developed four conceptual land use areas, uh, we need to look at what the underlying land area is and what its capacity is. And to a certain extent, that will help address the questions that Julianne had. Uh, 
know, if we all agree, for example, that mixed use and housing with additional retail is the direction we want to go in, uh, you know, Jonathan's group has to begin to put sort of meat on the bones as to what that means and what that means in terms of density, what that means in terms of building heights and massing, and whether that's something that the public will react to positively or negatively. So I think it's important that we have uh, a chance to look at those concepts before it does go to the public. So I wouldn't be too concerned about meeting a date or a deadline for the meeting for a public meeting, as opposed to making sure we as a group have had a chance to go over some of the documents, some of these presentations and flesh out what these concepts really mean. You know, it may be a, it may be a situation where there really isn't that much land, physical land in this study area to support the X number of housing units at the height that will help contribute to supporting an increase in restaurants and other retail uses. So that type of uh, step down into that type of an analysis is gonna be important and useful to help us flesh out what it is we really wanna see and can support. I think that's a assume great Jonathan, point, Gene. I assume, Jonathan, I your work is going to be going in that direction, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and just, just adding to that, I think that's a great point. It would be, I mean, I guess this is a question for you, Jonathan. Is there going to be, are there going to be multiple design concepts that, that we present to the public so that we can kind of get a gauge on which ones really work because maybe there's, um, you know, an optimum amount of residential that might be really good for businesses, but is going to be really uncomfortable for the residents in town. And maybe there's, you know, a residential mixed use light, you know, something that is a little more comfortable, a little less, um, a little less of a huge change to the, to the look of downtown in terms of the height, but just, just there, there won't be multiple master plan options, okay. no. Okay. I mean, the whole, the whole point of this next meeting is to present the outline and then get people's feedback that then helps us generate the preferred master plan for downtown. Okay. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Just Eric. want to... Rick. Yep. I just wanted to say that I, I think that this is also an opportunity to create a unique identity for Northborough Center. So, of course, uh, we already have the sprawl corridor along West Main Street, so the strip malls with all of the commercial developments. And, of course, there's Northborough Crossing, so there's always already the, the mega mall. Um, and then uh, Northborough Center is kind of... Um, you know, sprawly uh, currently, but there is the potential to make it unique in Northborough. So there's no other place in town that is like it. It's got a, a character all its own. So I think I'm really excited about it. I, I really can't wait to see what uh, Weston and Samson comes up with. 
because uh, I think that this is a really exciting opportunity for uh, the reinvention of downtown. I agree. Yeah. I think once again, at this point in the uh, proceedings, I think we have to you know, continue to work on the, the the possibility that anything is possible at this point and, you know, start to work our way from there at this point. It's, we're sort of moving out of the data gathering stage. Once we get this traffic data collected, we'll sort of be done with data gathering and sort of get to, I guess, the fun slash challenging part of, okay, so now what could we actually do? And as it's brought up by a number of people here today, you know, what are we actually comfortable in doing? But, you know, at the beginning of this whole thing, when we engaged Weston and Sampson, we said, you know, at the beginning, no holes barred, you know, give us what you think is the absolute best thing we could do to, to do what Lori said, make this a real destination and different and fun for the town. And we'll see what that looks like and what we can actually do. So we're still just wrapping up kind of the initial phase, the design phase comes next kind of thing. I think I agree with Gene, you know, we shouldn't force ourselves into uh artificial date to get something done if, if if there's work that needs to be accomplished and if there's reviews our committee have to do before this goes public. We just need to do our homework before we have this next public session. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I think the, the worst thing we can do here is rush things and get something that we're not happy with. And that ends up going out to the pub to the you know residents of, of the town. And it has a negative effect rather than a positive outlook that we're looking for downtown. Mm -hmm. Just want to bring up a couple of the things that are going on sort of on the periphery of what we're doing and what kind of what we're doing about them. You're probably aware if you're not, I'll tell you that the town is currently recruiting another committee to try and decide what to do with the town offices. Now that four West Main Street is going to come back into the town's possession a committee is going to be formed to talk about should the town offices stay down at the old high school? Should they move back to 4 West Main Street? And depending on what they decide to do, what happens there? And I talked to Mitch Cohen. You know, I said that, you know, that work can't go on independent of our work. 4 West Main Street is integral to the downtown. So there's got to be some interconnectivity between what that committee is going to do and what we're doing and what Weston Sampson is doing. Um, he basically said that uh, John Kadir basically appoints the members of these committees, town administrator, and then the selectmen approve the appointees. And he recommended I give John a call and talk to him about this. So I did that. John's recommendation was that either the chair or the vice chair of our committee ought to sit on this uh, uh, town offices committee to make sure there's, there's uh, uh, discussion going back and forth and that there's uh, an understanding that whatever's gonna be decided about where to place the town offices integrates with what this committee in Weston Sampson are deciding to do about the downtown. So I talked to Ashley about that and she's interested in joining that committee. So um, unless there's some major objections, I'm gonna to recommend to John that uh, he consider Ashley um, as our representative on the uh, town offices committee. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up about that. I think that'll be a good move and we'll make sure we have interconnectivity between what they're doing and we're doing. And anytime Ashley wants to raise a red flag to say, listen, guys, you know, that's not kind of going where everybody else is going, or we have to rethink all of this, you know, she can be our point person on that. So so I'll I'll get back in touch with uh with John tomorrow and let him know about that. And then we'll work jointly with the uh town offices committee. The other committee that's being set up 
is a traffic safety committee. I think a committee has been appointed to try and decide what this traffic safety committee ought to look like. But that, that sort of got my antennas up that there's going to be another group of people in town studying traffic. And obviously, we're intensely interested in the traffic in the center of town and what we might want to do about it. Um, I was talking to Lori about it. She's not completely plugged into that, but Scott Charpentier, you know, the uh, DPW director is going to get involved with all of that. So I'm I'm going to send Scott an email tomorrow and just let him know again that find out what they're doing and what interconnectivity has to happen between our committee and any committee that's going to get formed to look at traffic, especially if that committee is going to be looking at traffic in the center of town, because that's got to integrate with whatever Weston, Sampson, and Mass DOT think might be a good idea for the center of town. So that's another committee that I think is in the process of being formed that I don't think can work independently of what we're doing. So I'm just going to put a bug in Scott's ear tomorrow. And, you know, if I hear more about that or something that we need to be getting more involved with, I'll communicate back to this committee. So, so between the town offices committee and the traffic safety committee and the master plan committee, there needs to be the left hand and the right hand need to know what's going on here. And I'll, I'll sort of stay in the middle of that and we'll just see how we manage that going forward. I don't think the, the town's offices committee hasn't been formed yet. They're still recruiting for that. And I'm not sure where this traffic safety thing stands, but I'll find out more about that. So just be aware these other two committees are either formed or going to be formed. And we need to make sure that they're not independently recommending things that are contrary to what we might want to recommend. Go ahead, Mel. Um, Is there anything that mentions an economic development committee or Jonathan, have you worked with other economic development committees or towns that, that are proposing them? I, I have not, no. It's usually uh, towns and usually hire someone like RKG to do that for them. Okay. Um, I know some I, talk about some people would favor having an economic development committee. I've heard some talk about that, but I'm not aware of the town actively recruiting for that right now. Or, but I would echo with Mill Millie. I think that's a really big piece of who we're recruiting for businesses, what mm -hmm. direction we're heading, and how this all comes together moving forward. And I think that's made a big difference in the towns around us in the last 20 years that they've invested in that, Marlboro, Hudson. And in the last 20 years, we mm -hmm. haven't done that. And I think it shows exactly why we are where we are and where they are at where they're at. Mm -hmm. So I am a huge Absolutely. proponent of having some direction in how we're recruiting the businesses in and what we're looking for, whether it's retail, restaurants, whatever it is, if there's some collaboration with that and direction beyond a small committee of people wanting, but that somebody's actually paid to do it and make it yeah, happen. Yeah. Crucial. Yeah. Crucial. Um, if I, can, I, I did actually work for a community that did have an economic development committee. Um, and that was the town of Broughton. And they weren't very active, uh, I will admit. Part of the challenge is that you need to have staff support typically. And um, so that means hiring an economic development director. Um, so the, the communities that are the most effective have a full-time staff person or even a part-time staff person who is charged with that responsibility. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what Tracy's saying, invest and- in, in, in I think that's some, part of our town. I paid. think that's part of this yeah. committee is recognizing that that's a key investment to moving forward. 
yeah i mean it it tracks with what came out of the master plan i think so Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. Do you think, Jonathan, that's something that either you guys or RKG would consider considering part of the recommendation of this plan for the town to at least consider having a position like that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll talk that over with Russ. Um, obviously, he's more educated on this subject than I am, but uh, I mean, I don't think it can do any harm, right? So I'll talk to him about that. Yeah, at least this gets us, it gets us away from more pizza, more nails, more gas stations, you know, and gets back to what people want. And it's retail stores that are enjoyable to shop at and get people to stay. The town of Ayr has very successful economic development program. And what their economic development director does is he actually plans uh, year round events uh, focused on the downtown. Uh, so they have a number of different Apple Fest similar type events. And so there's a buzz downtown, which of course helps recruit more businesses. And sure. he does beautification and um, you know, speaks with potential businesses who are interested in coming downtown. And so yeah. And so there are a lot of great models out there. I know the town of Grafton also has an economic development committee, but they do not have an economic development director. So uh, I'm not sure how effective they are. I think the paid position proves that it's a little more effective, mm-hmm. a bit more effective than a committee. Okay. All right, before we let Jonathan go, we've got a lot of information in front of us tonight and a lot of work now in front of us to do. But before I let Jonathan go, are there any other questions or comments for Jonathan? Hearing none, Jonathan, thanks very much. Keep up the good work and uh, let's keep uh, moving forward here. Like we talked about at the beginning of this, the next key thing is get these traffic counts complete, get the Department of Transportation involved and get a good idea about what exactly is possible with Route 20 through the center of town. I think that'll lead us in a lot of directions as to what we can do next. So continue on, Jonathan. Thank, Thank you. you. I think if this is a sign that my kids haven't killed each other yet, then the project's moving in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Right. Good night, Jonathan. Thanks, good Jonathan. Night. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Next item on the agenda is to get an update from uh, uh, Lori on Complete Streets. She did send us um, the uh, approved priorities list by MassDOT. I'm not sure if we got a chance to see that before the meeting tonight, but some interesting things on there. So, Laurie, why don't you give us an update on that? Yeah, so I, I don't really have much new to say uh, since the last meeting. Uh, at the last meeting, I reported that we had received a, a number, about a page of comments from MassDOT uh, for ways that they wanted us to adjust the prioritization plan. So we work with the consultant to address those comments. Those were filed, uh, the updated plan was submitted back to MassDOT, I believe uh, the end of January. And the next day we received our final approval. So super excited. We are now considered a complete streets community. So we are now eligible to apply for that $500,000 in grant money. So thank you for all of your assistance with that 
once again, we, we ended up with 24 projects overall. If you recall from the last meeting, we ended up having to combine the aqueduct bridge project with the aqueduct multi-use trail project um, because they don't fund uh, bridge projects. And since that time, unfortunately, we did receive uh, word back from the MWRA. And at this time, they are not supportive of converting the um, aqueduct into a multi-use trail. Uh, they will not authorize uh, the paving of the trail, nor will they authorize stone dust at this time. But hope springs eternal, so we're not giving up. If I'm still here 10 years from now, we'll probably be knocking on that door again. Uh, possibly their philosophy will change and uh, we can revisit at that time. So, Lori, were there reasons given for that? Why? Well, of course he had to, so our contact had to bring it up the chain. And I think the overall concern was the weight that would be on top of the uh, pipe so, and also I'm sure it had to do with, uh, they, they said the transition. So there's some areas where it would have to be grass because of uh, environmental issues. So they were concerned about how the transitions would work between the various types of surfacing. So they decided it'd be much better just to keep it grass. But we're still proceeding with the aqueduct bridge project. Uh, finally got the signed contract. So we should be having our, um, our initial meeting uh, within the next couple of weeks. And, you know, there's nothing I think that would prevent us from, you know, creating some better signage for the trail, still usable as it is. So maybe we'll have some other ideas about how to make it more appealing and used by the community. When I read the um, the information you sent out this afternoon, Laurie, I was pleased to see that the first seven or eight or nine high priority projects all were related to doing side work work in and around the downtown, filling gaps that we had talked about. Um, a lot of things that we talked about in this committee got put at the top of the priority list. So is it true that that's the order in which they'll be done? If we go for funding, we're gonna go for funding for number one and then number two and then number three, is that how it's gonna work? Nope, not necessarily. <laughs> um, so it will really be based on what project is shovel ready at, at a particular time. So of course, um, through this effort, there's going to be uh, a visioning put forth a um, map for the downtown. So then we have to decide amongst ourselves what the phase one project is going to be. So it doesn't necessarily have to be number one on the complete streets list. Uh, it could be number four on the complete streets list uh, and that's fine. Um, so the complete streets program only funds shovel ready projects. So if number one isn't shovel ready and number four is then, and that's the project that we submit, then that's fine. 
So in the case of uh, Millbury, when I went through it, the first project that we submitted for funding was project number four. And that was the first project that was funded. It was shovel ready because it made sense from a different perspective that that was the one that, that made sense to do next in town for whatever the reason was. Shovel ready just means that's the one you feel you want to do next. Um, it was because that was the project that I chose as phase one. So <laughs> the reason why I chose the phase one project is because of what the various grant programs were funding at that specific time. And at that specific time, I, they were funding um, non-point source pollution mitigation, and they were funding open space projects. And so I wanted to transform the town common. And so I was able to leverage a, a variety of grant sources. Um, so I chose my phase one project based on uh, the area that was uphill of the Blackstone River, honestly. Um, so the conversation, of course, now when we were going through the visioning process, it was too early to say which area of the downtown we wanted to tackle first. Uh, so that's why I had articulated to you folks that I thought it was really important that we, if the, if the goal is to do a downtown revitalization project, then we want all the aspects of downtown by revitalization to be rated within the top 10 list. Yeah. So, uh, the order is kind of irrelevant other than they like to see projects that are highly ranked. So let's say, for example, that one of the, let's say the first thing we think we want to tackle in downtown is doing something with Pierce Street and Blake Street. That for some reason that the, the, the chance for redevelopment is greater or there's some owners there that are willing to consider selling or redeveloping their property. There's a way to increase parking. It, that's a whole area that could be a good beginning point for the downtown. So if that's what we decided, and part of that was I, I see in there that there's, you know, redoing of the sidewalks on Pierce and Blake and all of that, that that might make sense to go ahead and sort of move that one to the top because it fits into what we want to do first in the downtown. Yes. Uh, the important thing is you really want to take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves. Like if, for example, somebody were to come in and uh, buy a couple of properties on Blake Street. And they said, hey, you know, I wanna do a mixed use development. I wanna do this first floor retail and I wanna do multifamily above. I wanna do three-story buildings. Now, because that development is proposed, uh, the town can enter into kind of like a public-private partnership and that'll open up a whole source of funding for um, from a whole different, like the Department of Housing and Community Development, uh, Mass Works. Um, so we can look and see what the deficiencies are. So maybe on Blake Street, that's the only area in downtown where we have to do sewer improvements. So that would be a, a fantastic opportunity to like, kind of hit multiple um, goals simultaneously. So it's too early right now 
to say what our phase one project is gonna be in my opinion. I think we have to wait and see what Weston and Samson comes up with. We need to see what the opportunities are. Of course, we have a new governor now, so the funding programs are gonna shift. Uh, so we have to see what the, the type of grant opportunities are that are available. If uh, we wanna fund this with grant money, if the town is gonna pay 100% of the cost, then of course that's less of a factor. Um, so I, I think uh, we should just kind of wait and see, okay. and then be prepared to shift if an opportunity presents itself. Any other questions or comments for Lori? I think if you haven't seen that uh, list she sent out to us tonight, you ought to take a look at that. Like I said, I was very pleased to see that most of the stuff that we had talked about is ranked right up there at the top of the priority list. So even though that doesn't mean, as she said, number one gets done first, I was pleased to see that a lot of things we feel are important for with considering are on the list in a good place. So that's a good thing. Lori, I do have a question. Um, it regards the uh, number 10, which was to um, to stripe for bicycle use, 135. Mm -hmm. And I think that is completely untenable. And I'd really want to see a traffic study uh, committee look at that. Because if you've ever biked on that road, you realize it is completely unsafe. It's traffic. It, there's poor sight lines. There's trucks going by. There's no shoulder. And I would not allow a child onto the, I wouldn't want anyone to bike on that stretch of road, regardless of whether it's striped. It's also 8,900 feet of, of, of um, allocation for a bicycle to take the lane, which doesn't work anywhere. Usually in cities, they'll have a very short segment where you can stripe it for bikes and then you're back on a bike path, but you can't do two miles of, um, of, of like a bicyclist taking the lane and a truck waiting behind them. So I just really want to see that one point considered more fully. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, that's really on the radar for the near future. Lori, I have but a, it got a lot of votes, so it got a lot of votes. That's why it's on the list. <laughs> I think if people bike it, they they have to bike it to know that it's what it's like, because I agree with everything else, but that's one I really take exception to. I agree with her. <laughs> yeah. I would never ride on it or let my kids ride on that with a line. Lori, I have a question about the um, about the the building of the sidewalks. So, um, you know, as a pedestrian, I feel much safer when the sidewalks are as wide as possible, and also when there's a definitive um, sharp curb at the street level are what what is the plan for curbing um, so within the downtown area certainly my preference is always vertical granite curb and concrete sidewalks I think that that's the most appropriate uh, material for uh, downtown. Of course, in neighborhoods, uh, usually it's, well, I've had conversation with, with the DPW director. Um, the cost of vertical granite curb is, is very high. I always like to see developers install vertical granite curb uh, 
as in subdivisions, but Northboro really isn't building subdivisions these days. Uh, the new housing development that is occurring generally tends to be on scattered lots. Um, only a few homes get built in, in Northboro per year. So if you have uh, berm and asphalt sidewalks currently, then typically new sidewalks in neighborhoods will be asphalt sidewalks and berm. But I, I can't really envision that we're gonna use complete streets money for any suburban neighborhood projects because um, we're only allowed to hit up complete streets once in four years. So 500,000 might do one phase of the downtown revitalization project and then it'll be exhausted. So um, there, there is unlikely to be money for suburban sidewalks uh, from the complete streets program anyway. Okay, anything else for Laurie on complete streets? Hearing none, nothing. Next uh, item on the agenda is to go through the uh, review of the minutes for the January 19th meeting. They were sent to us with the information. So does anyone have any changes or comments on the January 19th minutes? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion to approve the January 19th minutes as submitted. So moved. Is there a second? Second. Okay, let me get out my cheat sheet here. We'll call the roll here. Hang on for a second. Okay, Julianne. I have to abstain. Oh. I have to abstain. You have to I abstain. I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Ashley. She had to leave. Oh, okay. Tracy? Aye. Fran? Aye. Gene Kennedy? Aye. Gene Cahill? Aye. Rick Leaf? Aye. Dario? Aye. Okay, so the minutes are approved um, as submitted. Next on the agenda, just briefly, um, four of us. Our terms expire in April. Um, we've been notified that we can choose to notify um, the town administrator's office if we choose to want to be reappointed. Um, basically, myself, Fran Backstrand, and the two Jeans, Gene Cahill and Gene Kennedy, are up for reappointment. I can let you know that I have informed Diane Wackel that I would like to be reappointed. I'll leave it to the three if you want to say anything, if you've made a decision yet or not, or whatever. Um, but there could be some number of us changing or not, depending on who wants to be reappointed and not reappointed. But just be aware that four of us are up for reappointment as of the end of April. I did the same thing. I just submitted a request to be reappointed. Okay. So we'll see if we're reappointed and, you know, Fran and... Um, and Jean also have that decision. So we'll see after the uh, end of April. Well, Rick, oh, I'm yes. sorry. So, I mean, I'll just say, um, since when I was appointed, it was for one year, the intention was to 
assist you and the committee to transition from the steering committee into implementation. It was a long year. <laughs> I, think, I think it was appointed in like December of 21. So I did, I did not ask to be reappointed and not because I don't appreciate the work that you're all doing. And I imagine as a resident, I will continue to participate. But I did say that it would be a one year transition appointment. So now it's up to somebody else to step up and see if they'd like to um, play in the sandbox with all of you. All right, completely understandable. Thank you for everything you've done, Fran, on the master plan committee and this committee also. I'm sure we'll hear more from you. Thank you, Fran. I do plan to um, let Diane know that I will. I will seek reappointment. Okay, thank you. Okay, so if we're all successfully reappointed, then um, sometime after April, we'll have a new member um, on the committee, depending who uh, submits uh, an application uh, to consider appointment. Uh, anything else we haven't discussed tonight, people have in their minds, we'd like to talk about before we adjourn tonight? Hearing nothing, I will oh, entertain. Oh, Rick, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I hate to um, to keep bringing this up, but someone brought up um, when we do the traffic count to to uh, to include the um, to break it down with trucks versus autos. I I tend to think that that is a really good idea because I, I you know it might and it might even be good information in years to come as we as we develop more on Bartlett Street or Barefoot Road or something, if it's easy enough to do, I, I don't honestly see anything wrong in doing it now. Um, Laurie, I know that basically we have footage, video footage of these cameras as to the vehicles going by. I know Jonathan, you know, said as far as what he needs to do with mass DOT, the difference between trucks and cars doesn't matter to him, but I'll, I'll leave it to your discretion as to um, how easy it would be to get that distinction between cars and trucks and what we would do with it if we got it. Is that something you think is a reasonable thing to do or is it going to be difficult or did CMRPC not agree to do that for us? I don't think it was part of the original ask, but I will double check. One of the challenges is that... Um, half the cameras uh, worked properly. And so that data was already compiled and provided to Weston and Samson um, maybe about a week or so ago. Um, so that that's already done. So they don't have the camera footage, they just have the raw data. So the other two cameras they're working on now, but that would mean that it would be like lopsided, even if they're willing to do it. Uh, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. So yeah, wouldn't so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be every intersection. Yeah, I, I, see what you, I see what you mean. It wouldn't be accurate then. Or, it's or too bad. Because the okay. traffic and safety committee could probably use it, you know, the new. Traffic and safety. But hmm. there's nothing you can do if it didn't collect it. Uh, like I said, I'll double check and see what the Weston and Samson scope was. Um, and 
I'll report back. Okay. Anything else? Our next meeting, well, now we, we, we're tentatively scheduled to meet March 16th. I think, as Ashley said, we should keep March 23rd open, and we'll be a little bit fluid on the next meeting date, depending on what we hear from Jonathan as he gets the traffic data and when he thinks he's going to be ready to present kind of what this initial development scenario looks like that we can review before we have a public meeting. So let's... Uh, I think for now, if we can leave both of those Thursdays open, I mean, it may turn out there are other things when you discuss on the 16th, independent of looking at the um, the first initial development plan, or it may turn out that that's really the point of our next meeting and we could defer it until we have the data. So I'd say if people are able at this point to leave March 16th and March 23rd available and we'll communicate as we hear more from Jonathan as to when we think the best time to meet again um, will be. And having said that, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn this wonderful meeting. So moved. Is there a second for that? Second. I'll second that. Okay. Julianne. Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Tracy. Aye. Fran. Aye. Gene Kennedy. Aye. Gene Cahill. Aye. Rick Leaf. Aye. And Dario. Aye. Thank you very much for attending tonight. I think we're making headway here. And